0: what is it, everybody this is recap rewind i'm Jlag, and nb is away this week so this week i am joined by my husband rob hello reb Hey. are you excited to get
1: into this episode with me very much so it's this, been a while so i i'm, I'm ready to chat
0: let's do it uh, this episode is recapping and reviewing Riverdale season seven, episode 17, and it's called chapter 134 A Different Kind of Cat. Don't forget to stay tuned to the very end. We're going to do our recap roundups, so make sure you're sticking around for that. And as always, to our continuing listeners and our brand new ones, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Let's get into the
1: episode. All right. So, what did you think of the episode overall i really liked it and it really annoyed me all at the same time <laughs> i feel like there was like yeah. really cute moments that i'm excited to talk about but there were some moments that were not uh anyway not great. We'll talk, yeah yeah we'll talk about it i've been waiting
0: so let's, let's go. get let, yeah let's get into it i feel the same way i feel like these last couple episodes we only have four more episodes to the finale of the show completely over and i don't know i just feel like. It was good. There were some really, really high moments, but then there were some, especially that last moment. I don't even have to spoil it for anyone who's watched the episode. That final moment annoyed the crap out of me. So, well, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go through the nitty gritty, <laughs> and we can like talk and laugh about the entire thing. So, starts off with Riverdale. No, starts actually with Betty writing to her readers because she is the teen mystique, um and she talks about what happened like all the way up to like what happened most recently, her mom slapping her last episode. And then she decides that she wants to write a book. So that's kind of like that first opening scene. Then we cut to Riverdale High and Jughead walks in and he has this like a little really quick moment with Veronica at the front steps where he's like, Do you want me to go in first? Do you want me like, you know? And she's like, No, let's walk in together. So they walk in together, but they don't just walk in together, they walk in hand in hand. Like mm-hmm. the gag of all gags. First of all, um, Jeronica, so late in the game, like let's talk about it right off the top. Like, what do you think about the fact that like they're putting them together? four episodes before the end of the season.
1: Are they putting them together four episodes before the end of the season? Next season, is it going to be like, Jughead wore a pink shirt today and I decided I don't like pink, so we're not together. Like, everything, I'm trying to, like, just enjoy and not get too married to anything because I find that every time I get super excited about something, it's like within an episode, it's resolved, it's done. And then next thing you know, Veronica's making out with Betty, which I'm here for, but I'm just saying... I I love it, like, you know, the season's coming to an end. Show us a little bit of, you know, everything before you go. But also, right? like, if this isn't going to be a thing, like, why are we wasting time? I don't know.
0: I know. I know that's the thing, right? Like, we've completely, like, separated ourselves from the original ships, if you want to look at it that way. And now we're literally hanging out with Jeronica, which is not, like, we liked it the first time around. I liked it the first time around. I just don't know how long, to your point, like, how long it's going to last um and everyone else in the high school also feels like it's weird as they're walking through there's like these slow motion shots everyone's kind of like what but he's like okay i guess like i guess that's happening right now um they do have a moment and i guess this is kind of the reason why they're in this episode together um she talks somehow it comes up that she was a sexy witch for halloween and then suddenly out of nowhere he's like "Ooh, sexy witch and he sounds really interested in the concept of it all. Um, And then they kiss, they go to class, whatever. So obviously we know, I I feel like at this point I already knew like, oh, okay, so is this like the birth of Sabrina the Teenage Witch? And sure enough, that's exactly what happens, but we'll get into that later. Then it cuts to um, Grundy reading Archie's latest poem that, and she loves it. She's like, oh my gosh, it's so well done. It sounds so mature. And she asked him, like, what happened since his last poem? And he's like, oh, yeah, like, I just took your advice and I just like watched a bunch of sunsets. And obviously we know from last episode, he basically had a threesome with Reggie and Twilight Twist, which was not, did not go not over a well. sunset not a definitely not a sunset um and so now he's feeling like a bit of an adult and he's like i'm gonna go back and you know keep getting those experiences and she's like yeah keep doing whatever you're doing so okay we'll get into that a little bit later then it cuts to class and drug drawing veronica as a witch on a broomstick so again kind of the lead up to Sabrina. And then it cuts to the lounge, and Reggie tells Julian about what happened with him, Twyla, and Archie. And Julian's obviously like, "Oh my god, is that what you did?" He's like, "Took a ride on the town bike." Um, and so now everyone's kind I'm of old. yeah, exactly. Like everyone's hearing what's happening right now. Betty overhears it, and she kind of gets upset. And it's a moment actually where we hear her getting upset about the fact that there's a bit of a double standard. So as Betty's leaving the lounge, she bumps into Cheryl by accident, drops all these pictures, and Cheryl drops all of her pictures of her and Tony during the boudoir shoot from last episode. And Betty's like, what's this all about? So she kind of chases her outside. They have a quick conversation. And essentially Cheryl says that she wants to go public. She wants to go steady with Tony, which is pretty unheard of for a lesbian couple and um but like yeah that makes sense like that's amazing awesome um but cheryl wants to do it in a big splashy way which we don't really get a reveal of what that exactly is this episode um and then as cheryl's talking to betty about this she's like don't tell anybody betty offers her a secret and reveals that she is the teen mystique to cheryl And Cheryl's like, oh my God, that's amazing. I love your work. Um, And Betty's like, that's awesome. I would love to A, um, maybe put some of your pictures into my book and B, like, would you be willing to take a few pictures of me for my photo shoot, like for my book? And Cheryl's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll get Tony to come over. We'll come over and we'll do a bunch of photos for you. That sounds awesome. So nice setups. Everything's like looking really cute. Like at this point in the episode, I'm like, this is this is going somewhere interesting.
1: A little chaotic in the beginning. Like the thing is, I liked it all. Like, first of all, the one thing that I will say about Betty being an ally, when your homegirl sits in front of you and says, yeah like i'm a lesbian i'm going steady like whatever which to clarify is not heard of for lesbians at that time that was like a big obviously as we know but then betty's like no no girl like here's my tea so that like You don't ever have to sit there and be like, but you know all this about me like I'm gonna give you an olive branch, which is like, I'm the girl that writes this, and the fact that she was like, Why don't you tell your story? Give me those pictures. And then meanwhile, like, if you just look at the setup of it all, Archie's like, Oh, I'm a poet, and like, whatever, and then Betty's like, How come Jughead and Veronica are together? Then Cheryl's like, I'm a lesbian and drop my photos everywhere. like. I was like, what is the storyline we're following here? Because right. it was all building up. But I did think it was a really sweet moment between Betty and Cheryl, and I was kind of excited to see where they went with it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, and it does like, you know, it leads to something kind, I mean, interesting is is a, a, a word that you can use for that. Um, so anyway, then it cuts to the Babylonium and someone walks into the theater. Like, you don't know who it is at this point. Um, And then, while Jughead is showing Veronica this teenage witch drawing, Clay comes in, he's like, you need to come and see who just showed up at the theater. And sure enough, it is our very own Josie frickin Mack.
1: How did you feel
0: about Josie
1: showing up to Riverdale? it was like a slow gag for me because the entrance in historically in Riverdale, that entrance always leads to a villain. So for a hot second, I was like, if all this is just because Veronica's mom is back now that Hiram's gone. like, I was very confused. I was like, who's pulling up to the theater? Like, so to see that it was Josie, I was super excited. I also was super excited because of like the look and everything. Like to me, it was, I I would say one of Josie's best looks and like vibes like I was living for it
0: yeah 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 for sure I mean like she and she comes in like a actress like she's like this musician theater person um so I loved her vibe this episode but anyway so we she we meet her for the first time in this world she's obviously like aged higher than these kids even though they all look the same age um and she says to veronica she's putting out her first produced directed starred in motion picture but she wants to do a test screening at veronica's theater um and the film is called going uptown which is based i looked it up later it's based on a film um that is based off the musical wild party starring eartha kitt um ertha kitt's an amazing black actress of the years um, she's a bit of an icon. If you don't know who she is, look her up. Um, but uh, after learning this, I did see a lot of Eartha Kitt inspiration in Josie's character, which I thought was really, really cool that she was kind of pulling from like some real historical stuff. They also talk after she shows the film, like, cause she's like, Oh, I just want to see like, if your theater is going to be able to handle my film. That was kind of her first test. So they play the, they play the film. Everyone's so happy. Clay and Kevin are like crying at the end. Um, and then they have a drink afterward and Veronica basically, um, offers to take her around town. She's like, you know, first of all, we should do a pr- premiere and like, just like, call it a premiere and like do the whole thing. And uh, I almost called her Eartha Kit. Um, Josie basically says like, no, no, no. I just want to like see if this is the right vibe for this town, for this um, you know, for this film. And so Veronica says like, yeah, I'll take you around town. You can check out everything. It's super, super HEP, I guess that's the word. Like super HEP, like happening, like maybe that's where it comes, I have no idea.
1: I was lost on that one.
0: I was lost on that one. Um and she says that she's going to stay with her at the Pembroke. And already you can see like some really cute chemistry between her and Veronica. They they've always had good chemistry, but like to see them back on screen together was like such a I don't know, so refreshing. It felt very um I don't know, felt like kind of like old school but like not obviously not in the same world. It's a different situation completely. What did you think of seeing Josie for the first time in a very, very long time?
1: Honestly, I loved it. Like I said, I think this is Josie's best vibe. I think she nailed the, like, overall of, like, the essence that she needed to give. It wasn't, like, I didn't feel distracted by how she was acting it. And, like, you know, if you've ever listened to, like, Eartha Kitt's music or if you've ever listened to, like, Eartha Kitt in an interview, like, any of it, like, I feel like she was just... She was just giving very that,
0: like sultry and like I don't know. She had a very specific way to she spoke, or the kid spoke in a very interesting, beautiful way, in my opinion. Um, yeah, she's but she definitely didn't do.
1: The rasp. Like, the thing is, is that, like, what I like about it was that she did it without doing it. And sometimes I think if you're not going to nail it exactly, just give the essence because it comes across stronger. Right. And especially if you're impersonating someone, um, you know don't do it as a direct impersonation if you're not going to be able to do that and i think she did that amazing because she wasn't out here completely distorting her voice but her word choice and her sentence like pauses were very um i i think she i think she did a great job
0: yeah i agree i think she was fantastic in the role and yeah i think it was just nice to see josie show up for this final season even though you know like it was just a kind of an out there storyline for her. but anyway we'll get back to her and her being in this entire episode later um so yeah that happens then it cuts to archie he goes to visit twyla at the motel he literally brings her flowers as high school student brings like i was just like i can't deal with this right now um so Um, Twyla basically says, like, we can't do this. Like, we're not doing this. is not a thing that we do together all the time. Like, why don't you go hook up with, like, another woman? Like, you're a cute little boy. Like, go, like, hang out with someone else. Like, she's like, if you get my hint, she takes the flowers and he leaves. And he's like, okay, cool. What do you think about the way they've set this whole situation up with Twyla? Like, is it cringe? Like,
1: is it necessary is it necessary yeah, like nice question yeah that's true i just don't i don't know i don't
0: care i don't, I don't you know yeah, what i, I mean that's like the
1: thing i just okay, don't
0: care cool
1: this. like i'm not like cool but i'm like at the end of the day i think the thing that's always annoying is that like the reason i said hypocrite earlier when we were talking about julian like show julian going to see twyla like The one running his mouth, always doing the most, he should be the one that's popping up at Twilight's door. Now, I I don't know that I believe that after that first experience with Reggie, I don't know that I believe that Archie's character would have showed up with flowers. I get the image like they were showing this like wholesome boy being like, brought you flowers. I just don't know even at that time if a teenage boy would be like. I'm gonna go back and see the town prostitute. Let me just stop by the florist and get a nice little bouquet. But Twilight right. taking the flowers and being like back, get it, girl, as you should.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hustle
1: these men for anything, a dollar, flowers, whatever they got, take it all.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I I don't I I mean, I get that his character would probably be the one to have done that. I just don't feel like it feels realistic at all. I mean, we do know that Julian did hook up with Twyla to, like, lose his virginity. Like, we know that that's the part of that story. But outside of that, I'm just like, why, Archie, are you going back for this, like, similar experience? Like, there's not much. Like, he clearly didn't learn much from that first experience that he thinks that he needs to go back a second time to get more experience. Like, it's very bizarre. And I'm like, that's just what? called
1: hormones, whatever you, you want to call it.
0: Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm also just like, was he going by the direction of Miss Grundy? Because he's like, I'll do whatever you say. Kind of like, it's it's got a vibe of like he's just kind of doting on whatever Miss Grundy says because she basically says like, whatever you're doing, do it more. So I'm just like, I don't know what it le- it's leading to, and then what happens later on turns into like a minor predatory moment so i'm just like i don't anyway we'll get to that later but i'm not really sure where they were trying to go with this storyline with archie honestly so then the next scene is cheryl and tony going over to betty's with like a bunch of like film equipment and taking all these photos I don't know how they just like decided to like walk through the front door without Alice seeing anything or like thinking that it was inconspicuous, like this random thing that these two girls are just walking through the front door with like literally a backdrop, lighting, this gigantic camera, like, okay, like let's do the damn thing. Um, But yeah, I guess a cute, quick moment. I I, I don't know how to feel about these random scenes that we keep getting.
1: I was so apprehensive. I thought for sure that Alice was going to bust it. I was like, if you're doing all this for Alice to walk in and be like, because one minute Betty can't flick her hair without Alice popping out of a closet or jumping out of a lamp. The next thing, you know, they're hauling in a full boudoir photography setup, which back then cameras were
0: like big boxes. Yeah.
1: And I was like, if all of this is just for Alice to throw a fit, like I'm going to lose it, but cool. Whatever. I thought I was again. I was living. I think these are the cute moments that I say that I was living for because I was like, honestly, we've all invested so much time. Just give us some fan service. Give us a few cute moments between the characters, and let's call it a day.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so then that happens. Then it cuts to Riverdale High the next morning, and Tony and Fangs. First of all, when did Tony be- basically become like Fangs is like manager? Like, did I miss an episode where? Like, she's just, like, took on this role of, like, thanks is going to perform. He's going to become the best of the best. Like, where did that even happen? Like, I don't even know. Um, eh, they ride for each like, other. Exactly. I was like, sure, Tony, go get it. Um, so... Tony and Fangs approach Veronica in the lounge and basically say, I heard that um, Josie is in town. We're gonna get him to perform in front of her. Just letting you know that that's what's happening at the dark room. Cool, 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 everything's good to go. Veronica's like, wow, like news travels fast. Then it cuts to Archie bringing Grundy and Apple, Miss Grundy and Apple. And he says he's gonna be performing a poem at the dark room as well and that she should come see the performance at the at the dark room and she's like i would love to for my favorite student so already i'm just like about to like throw up in my mouth a little bit then it cuts to pep comics and jughead shows mr fieldstone the teenage witch concept and fieldstone loves it but also he's like because it has to go through like a tribunal can you just like change like basically everything he wants her to he wants him to change her hair he wants him, her to be a blonde you need to change her name veronica's too sexy it sounds too like sultry and curvy um and he says like change her outfit completely she can't wear what she's wearing right now it's too racy so like give her a bunch of different vibes different energy we all know it's walking toward sabrina the teenage witch what did you feel about this
1: okay okay here's my thing it's the fact that he was like they will never go for a witch make her a half witch yeah you sat in front of all those people that was the moment your ass said you know what they're not going to go for a witch but a half witch said who when you're talking about a time when Uh, My people, my left handed people were (laughs) accused of being witches. And I'm like, you were out here accusing people of left handed of being a witch and you thought a half witch was going to make these like, highly conservative people be like, you know, I almost canceled your comic. But I realize she's a half witch. We're good with it. We're good. We're good. We're going
0: to get we're just going to go with that. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. Like, I was just like, what a random thing to like bring up even like it's not even something that would be like, oh, wow, because she's a half witch. We're going to totally like let this get published like, it's no. not if anything, it's just more confusing. Um Anyway, so that happens. Cool, cool, cool. Then it comes to the photo dark room because um, I had to like differentiate because we have the dark room and then the real dark room. Um, and Betty is now choosing a picture that Cheryl has developed of her for her, her main photo. She's like, choose your favorite and then I will turn that one into an oil painting um and essentially betty basically says like i'm so excited for this however i feel like i'm a bit of a fraud because like i haven't really had like a sexual experience yet and cheryl essentially says like girl like you don't need a man like you could do the damn thing by yourself like go masturbate and um as living i was living i was living but also i'm just like living like like Betty learning about sex this season has been so interesting because she's been both extremely open with her sexuality as a person but also like extremely like un like no knowledge whatsoever as to how any sex even happens like a few episodes ago with that whole thing with fangs and she was like how did her how did midge and fangs get pregnant like how did that even happen? Like she, she acts like she's so like not like with it at all. I'm just like I don't know. For someone who's so interested in sex, you'd think that she would have right. touched a erogenous zone around her body and like felt herself up a bit. Like by now, I but don't I know. feel like I don't know. I feel
1: like in in high school, I feel like it's that whole topic and everything is so different because as men, That's you are not spoken to the same way about these things but I think right. why why I loved it was because I'm trying to think of the right ways to say this politically like in correct, an eloquent way yeah I know. in an eloquent way but I think it's like We've all seen it. The gay guy and the girl, they sit down, they swap tips on how to do the damn thing and whatnot. But for two women to have this conversation, and for once, can we let lesbians into the conversation? Because who knows better? It's not just about talking to a woman. That's true. Talking about a woman who's about that life and Cheryl's about that life. And the reason why I liked it was because we always gas up the men when it comes sexually and we like explore their things. With Betty going through this whole thing, I love that it was just like, as a matter of fact, Cheryl's like... Like Cheryl didn't tell her, like, just you can find someone. Guys are like always willing. Cheryl was like, oh, girl, you don't need a man. And that was the realest thing that's been said in the show she was like you know what Betty I'm gonna just cut to the chase even if you find someone to do that with you they're not going to take you where you need to go you know who will you girl you go home take my little femininity magazine yeah, yeah go yeah. home and learn about yourself because nobody and then I love the way that it said like the thing was like um only you like or the, you'll need to worry about pleasing you I was like if more women were taught this okay i'm telling you uh so i was living i, I was like get a girl
0: true true and that's no that's a really good way to look at it for sure it's more just like within the realm of this all to attach it to betty is an interesting choice but i guess they wouldn't have put it with anyone else because it it's true it's a, it's an interesting way to look at it because i don't really obviously see it that way um as a cis male. But I think that like, you know, the woman's perspective, the female perspective of this is like very, very interesting. Um, all right. So then it cuts to so she gets the magazine. She's good to go. It cuts to Jughead and Veronica workshopping again this teenage witch conce- concept. They're like sitting at the Pembroke and Veronica suggests because he's like, oh, yeah, well, this is what they said. They want to turn her blonde. She's too sexy um, and they want to change her name. Veronica suggests the name Sabrina because Audrey Hepburn played this, like, magical, very, like, cool character named Sabrina in a film that came out the year before. Um, And that's how they came up with the name Sabrina. So, Sabrina the Teenage Witch is born, question mark? Born? Like... That, that that's that's the thing that's happening now. Then it cuts to anyway, I i have a lot to, I I don't know what to say about that part, so I'm just gonna leave it until we get to the final destination for that storyline. Um anyway, then it cuts to the dark room. Archie reads his poem. It is like You are worst. brave
1: calling that a poem.
0: That was no. I I just I I don't even know what to say about that poem. Okay.
1: Tell me right now how archie was like twyla doesn't want nothing to do with me you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna write a poem about my teacher for my t- teacher describing my teacher and everything i'm thinking i'm gonna invite her to the dark to the room, room show. in front of a bunch of other high school students i'm going to read it to her and then i'm gonna open my mouth lock jaw like a pit bull and take the biggest, most dramatic bite. And the thing that I love is nobody tried to co-sign his bullshit. They were like, like well, thank God that's over. Like, yeah, legit. <laughs> I, t- I, I just can't Tony getting up, Tony getting up and being like, okay, The iciest room now. Like I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause I, he could have written a better poem, but anyways, but anyways, go ahead.
0: I just though i one hundred percent I know it was supposed to be a cringy moment, but like it was like overly cringe, like I felt for everyone in the room, and it was just and it was a hard thing to watch also because yes, it was a terrible poem, but why did it have to be such a terrible poem for him to make the point that he was like trying to like get with his teacher like he claims to be better at writing now, like is it just because it's coming from a place of desperation like I Like, I feel like we're missing she? that whole moment, like, the whole reasoning as to why Archie is navigating this awkward experience with poetry. Like,
1: wh- why is that even happening? Like, I don't even know. Couldn't she have simply gotten, like, couldn't there have been a more subtle, like, the subtle reference of the apple? But then he's like and your glasses what's behind your glasses and you're there like what did you yeah, expect her? yeah to exactly dude you literally called her out in front and literally everyone in the room is like En-a-oop? and i and it was yeah. like oh archie that just wasn't it that just wasn't it like even josie and that was
0: the worst part of it all like once he finished josie was like i don't know if i want to be in this town at this point like this was horrible like i can't i can't even i can't even sit here and feel like that was like the coolest thing that happens in R- Riverdale, so of course Veronica like assures her, "Don't worry, it'll like there's some more g- good stuff coming." And then, thankfully, thankfully Tony is like to heat this place up a bit more. Fangs is going to perform, and he performs what was it? Um, one of those bops. Uh, great balls. And- of- it's a great great balls of fire. Yeah, yeah. And everyone loves it. He like he performed it, everyone loved it. And as he's performing it, there's like two cut-ins. The first cut-in is Betty taking her special little personal bath, which was like pretty racy for Riverdale to show essentially a woman pleasuring herself in a bathtub. Was it that? Um, I mean yeah fair um and then also it cuts to Cheryl painting Betty's portrait for the front cover
1: let's let's stop right there this was my first i literally hang on what i what was my exact words i literally wrote down Cheryl paints in record time like <laughs> when i tell you that it was like in okay in any other movie where there's like an oil painting the storyline is always like oh, you're still going to the garage to work on that oil painting of yours? Yeah. Cheryl went home and with one brush stroke was able to outline all of Betty, all her features, all everything. And then the gag is when she finally shows it to Betty, she's like, I stayed up all night. On the background? Girl, uh, yeah, that legit. painting ha- was painted. The show wasn't even over at the theater, and you already had to were already to done. painting. So what did you do? When well, you got to the background and smoked a joint, and then it took you all night? Like, what? I don't even... And that's the thing, too. I'm
0: just like... Everyone who is an actual oil painter knows that it takes like literal weeks for it to even dry, so you wouldn't even travel with it. Anyway, whatever. Logistically, clearly, Cheryl is an amazing painter and like did the damn thing. But okay, cool. Like why we're going to the logistics of a painting and portrait when none of this show makes sense. Like, I don't know. I don't even know why we bother. Okay, so then it cuts to Josie talking about Fang's performance. She's like, oh my God, he's such a talent. Um, She wants him to play the bongos while she performs something called, something called, a song, I guess it's, I wanna say it's like a spoken word song called a different kind of cat and it's originally performed by eartha kit herself so i went to watch that and it's very similar in terms of like having a chaise lounge and she's like talking and singing um really cool her style yeah, really interesting way to like perform because we've seen Josie like belt it and she's obviously a talented singer, but to see her do like spoken word in the style of Eartha Kitt um in this time period like this is the only time this would ever happen, so it's cool that they took advantage, I will say, of um putting her into this moment. So I really like that. I love it. Uh, yeah, it was really really good. Then it cuts to um Oh, then she decides that by the end of it all she wants to screen her film um and they ask her also if she would like to attend a black athena class or get together they explain what it is it's a literary group um, for all the black students of riverdale high and she's like absolutely that sounds amazing um so then it cuts to riverdale high and Archie is already in Mrs. Grundy's room and she shows up and he's like oh like you know you left before we could talk about my poem like what did you think of my poem and she's like oh well like I had to go home to my husband like she had to like make it very very clear that like she's like not interested just letting you know like Grundy is off the table which of course is something that I'm sure a lot of people are still arguing about in terms of like why Grundy she was the big pedophile from the first season took advantage of him. Um, this is her like retribution moment, obviously, but like they're really pushing that she has like zero interest in Archie romantically and he, if anything is going to be pushing any of those feelings that you would have for a teacher, which I guess are possible, but like, why do they even go with that i i I don't know i i have to stop asking questions when it comes to the show but anyway that happens and she does say we need to switch gears a bit and she wants him to branch out into something else like focus on pain this time like let's talk about your hardest pain physical pain emotional pain but don't talk about like high school heartbreak like that's the one thing that's on not on the table talk about any other type of pain and like write about that and he's like whatever you say miss grundy so going back to that whole idea of like the fact that he like dotes on her i don't know if they should have like i don't know uglied her up a little bit or like what it is why do we have even seasons later knowing how problematic that relationship was in season one why do you think that we're still playing with this dynamic with these characters i don't
1: know if it's or do you get that vibe i don't know i get that what is the alternative what like what is the alternative you know what i mean if you're keeping some interest you're calling back to the first season you're wrapping it up you want these familiar things that remind you how long you've invested in this show i'm just making like this is just my opinion yeah that's i just think If the opposite of her not being interested in following the storyline, you know, if anything else, maybe it does show that, you know, students are young and it's up to you as the adult to speak up and be like, that's not cool. What I don't get is how they still play her it with a flirtatious or tormented tone. That's what I'm so saying.
0: Yeah, like, I don't
1: know if they're trying to make it seem like she has these feelings, but she knows better. But like, right? Whatever. The point is, Archie, your poem it needs to bounce. If the next poem is Eve ate an apple and told me to write about pain, I'm out. Like that's yeah, that's I'm yeah. about to write a haiku for my exit. Like well, I can't. let's
0: move, let's move. Yeah, exactly. I, I hundred percent. We'll see what happens with their relationship, I guess, or just like their whatever they have together. Um, I a part of me feels like maybe they're using Grundy, and the reason why she's back is so it does have this kind of full circle moment to the first episode of Riverdale to kind of like bookend the entire thing to show that there's some sort of circular, cyclical, like infinity experience that you get with this riverdale story and that's the only reason why she's a part of it and she's not doing it in a sexually predatory way she's doing it in a very helpful like i am a teacher way and like in this universe so i don't know i don't know we'll see um cheryl uh then shows betty the painting that she did literally within 24 hours like boom she did it two hours congratulations (laughs) um i know right and she loves it. Betty's like, she. she's like, it's so beautiful. And Cheryl's like, you're so beautiful. It was a cute little moment between the two of them. Like, I, I love I, it. I, I was good for it. Obsessed. Obsessed. Um. Then it cuts to Jughead showing Sabrina the Teenage Witch to Mr. Fieldstone, like the final version. He loves it, the blonde bob and everything. And it's literally Sabrina as we know her in the comics. Um. And he wants to present it now to the tribunal as soon as possible because like this could be the one that like keeps pep comics going, right? Because like they have nothing to produce right now. Then it cuts to the Black Athena meeting. And I thought this was a really powerful scene. I just gonna I'm gonna put that out there right from the top. Like they all talk to Josie about, you know, how she feels about having her um you know, her platform as a singer, an actress, and um, she kind of, she has this beautiful speech to everyone about the fact that as Black people living in this world, we are all beautiful, we all have our story, we all have unique experiences um, moving through this world as Black people. And I just thought it was a really beautiful, beautifully well thing. Like it was just so well done. I love the writing in this moment.
1: So this is a callback. The thing that I love about this, I it's, I'm obsessed. This is a callback to what I think. And I mean, I haven't seen many. I'm not going to pretend like I'm a huge Eartha Kit stan, but obviously Lord knows I've seen enough, enough Eartha Kitt numbers at Continental, but um. This is a callback to that famous interview. Well, it's famous in my world. I think everybody else knows it, but of her saying compromise for what? Mm. And if you have not seen it, like, get on YouTube and Google Eartha Kit compromise. That's all you need to type in. There'll be different versions. There's the full interview. But it's a famous thing where essentially the interviewer asks her and says, you know, Uh, They're talking about relationships and he's basically asking her, like, if a man came into your life, like, or would you compromise? And she's like, compromise for what? And he said, if a man came into your life and she calls him on it and then she does this guttural laugh that I'm obsessed with. Anyways, the whole thing is just worth watching and it really takes a minute to pause. And again, going back to what I said about if you're not doing a direct impersonation, I like the fact that they didn't try to have her speech have that same moment that eartha had i like the fact that they just called it out so those who know know um and it's a good way to make you want to dive in and get to know Er eartha kit better yeah Yeah. Uh, i was obsessed it was it was i was obsessed
0: yeah really really good moment um and her final thing is also she says how she was just she's inspired by black athena and how it exists at all and you know tony tells her why she started it, how she felt like she was having to conform to a town that kept telling her to be a certain way and she was like, no, I don't want to be this way, this is who I am and that's why Black Athena kind of started, that's one of the reasons why and I don't know, I just thought it was a beautiful communal moment for um, the students of, the Black students of Riverdale High to have this forum to like speak to it, like it felt really powerful coming in at the very end of the season for them to have the ability to like shoo this one in. Um, and it wasn't just like this, like, oh, there she is. Like, let's all clap for her. It was really, it felt really meaningful. The writing was really, really good. Um, and what both Tony and um, even Clay and uh, Josie say are, is is, was great. I loved it.
1: The episode should have been called I'm Tired. Betty was tired (laughs) of everything going on. So she was like, Cheryl was tired of lying. And she was like, I'm going to just do me. Josie rolls up and is like, Oh, Black Athena was created because y'all tired? I'm tired. I'm going to go barge tired. into Veronica's office. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it should have yeah. just been, I'm tired. Yeah, for
0: sure. That's definitely the theme of this episode. Um. So then it cuts to the Babylonium. And Josie says now, like, after the, having this meeting, she's like, I want Veronica to do or to, to put this premiere together. Originally, she didn't want to do it. She just wanted to do, like, a test screen. But now she wants to do a premiere. It turns out that... She kind of fibbed to Veronica and said, like, she's doing this essentially behind, like, all studios' backs. Like, she's, she financed this herself. She, um, she wanted to really put this thing out there. And it was because it was adapted from the Broadway that she was so famous for, um, and they were making a movie when they, when she found out they were making a movie version of what she's been performing on Broadway. It turned out that the studio wanted to bring in a white actress. And so Josie talks about the fact that, you know, like, I am a talent. I know that I can do this. That's why I put this out there. And now I want this to be out there for people to see and I thought this was also a very powerful moment watching Veronica and Josie like really pour herself like Ashley Murray the actress is I feel like she really showed a lot of talent like we've seen her throughout the seasons but something about her in this season and this episode like felt so much more I felt way deeper like it hit me in a place that like hasn't hit me with Josie Josie's character at all. Um, and after all that said, Veronica says, I'm gonna put up the best premiere you'll ever see. They're gonna want a bidding war for your film after I'm done.
1: Um, Loved it. Yeah. I Love just thought it was again, so good. Sweet moments that made me say like, just give us what we want. Just give us what we want. Give us the fan service. This is
0: exactly what we need, exactly. Um, so then it cuts to the phone call with Fangs and Midge, the blah blah blah. Fangs basically says he got a meeting with a producer in New York, Alexander Cabot, which is of course a um, shout out to Katie Keene. Um, And she's just happy for him. She's like, yay, you're like making it big, like this whole thing is happening. Again, I don't know how I feel about Fangs and Midge. Why are they getting any airtime to begin with? At least she's showing now, like she's a little pregnant like you can see it before you couldn't see shit um so like i don't i i i don't know how do you feel about this relationship that they keep throwing in your face even though no one asked for it
1: <laughs> <laughs> i don't know you know what it is sometimes uh it feels like when you see you know when you see aerial shots of all the highways crisscrossing all over each other and you're like yeah. who could drive on that yeah. it's like am i supposed to be following like tony and fangs is like manager performer duo am i supposed to be like midge and like sisters of quiet mercy like i i just i don't know i like midge nothing against anybody i just don't know i'm like okay this is a good filler scene like next yeah i
0: just don't know what their point of the purpose is honestly i don't know why we keep seeing these scenes like it doesn't make any sense to me at this point <sighs> anyway, so then it cuts to Pep Comics and turns out that they sure enough reject the freaking comic that um of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um and later the next scene is the Pembroke um and Jughead basically telling Veronica what happened and Veronica says she's before she's ahead of her time. Um like that is the reason why they they haven't they they, they didn't go with it
1: and then are we going to talk about the suit.
0: Yes, we'll get to the suit in a second. <laughs> but before the suit, now that this whole Sabrina the Teenage Witch storyline is over, like what did you think the purpose of it all was? Was it just to show that there was like the inception and concept of of Sabrina like gets like a like a shout out? Like what was the purpose of that at all? I
1: think Listen, they had to do something with Jughead and the comics, but yeah, I will I say if we're talking fan service, yeah, throw it to Sabrina. Now, would I have died if Sabrina had walked in and been like, we got to talk because like you're going to bait my scene. It's a wrap. Yeah. I lived. I would have fallen so out of good. my chair if like, you know, but I will say this, uh, I, and again, this is, like, on no basis, so don't come for me in the comments if you're, like, everyone knows this and I don't. But you know the way the Milkman, yeah, like, the Milkman comics and then the Milkman was running around? I was, like, if there was something about the comics creating and, like, him creating Sabrina the Teenage Witch was creating. Brought it to life so, in a way. And yeah. I was, like, there could have been some. Do I think we have enough episodes? No. Hell this no. is this is me no right time. now. No time but nothing. I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at it. Like why not? Yeah. What look you're going to look at all that and you're going to say the Sabrina is the problem? No. Yeah. But uh, hey, whatever like it works.
0: So my only other theory, my final theory to this whole comic book storyline if if that is what it is at all, um if you want to call it a storyline is we know that Sabrina the Teenage Witch came after Riverdale, Um, sorry, the Archie comics. Do you think that the final story of all of this, because she says, oh, Sabrina is just ahead of her time, that they're shelving that only for Jughead to conceptualize for the Tribunal at the very final episode, the Archie comics, and that is going to be the final story. like. Jughead is like, Ooh. I'm going to do this story. It's going to be Archie as the main character. We're all going to have a role in it. And that is going to be like what ends up getting sent out. And the world is happy. And he is the creator of the comics. Like, it's are we like,
1: okay? uh, Super meta. Biography. Yeah. Like, it's like, I kind of get it though. The way you say that, I'm like, yeah, Archie was. You know, the Archie Comics were born from a time where all of that was, you know, so it was easier to make teenage characters simple to the point with these little teenage storylines that right. kind of didn't. But I mean, yeah, I, I I could see that. I think that's kudos to you. I didn't go that far. Not me sitting here expecting, like, Sabrina to walk in the door. Meanwhile, you're like, yeah, we're talking about Archie right now, but we're
0: good. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But that was a good, that was a good throw too. Cause I'm just like, maybe that's, I would have loved to see that happen. And I just looked it up. Archie, The Archie comics started in 1942. So we're technically like six years ahead. Cause I think it's, we're in 1956 or something like that. Like we're in the fifties. So this is already past when Archie's comics in our world Wait, in the real world actually got published for the first time when
1: did you say Archie started 1941 um, and then you thought six years later brought us to the 1950s I don't know math so can we get a, can we get a calculator <laughs> can, can we get we're, a fact we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna scratch that
0: we're gonna we're gonna scratch <laughs> that one we're gonna cut that one um yes anyways so there's no linkage there necessarily, but maybe the conceptualization in this universe is how it all happens. Anyway, we'll see. I'm um living. anyway, now we can talk about the suit. She she gets him a suit for the premiere. We're all excited. What did you want to say about the suit?
1: The way she casually was like, to your exact measurements. Oh yeah, um, right? Like, how did she know? Okay, that? Stalker, did you did you hug him and you're like, he's a He's a 30. <laughs> He's a thirty ways, thirty wide. <laughs> He's a yeah. but, anyways, it was just a small detail. I was just laughing because Veronica has these rich girl moments sometimes that are yes. way out there. Yeah. So rather than be like, "I've got you a suit, shall we go see my tailor?" She's like, "I got you a suit." Already tailored. So I just want to point out the caliber of talent you've got. Cheryl, who can do a full oil painting in literally before the dark room can finish a show, she's three quarters done. done, Yeah, that still stays up all night to make it perfect. Veronica, she takes one look at her man and she's like, "Mm, measurements, hips, (laughs) chest, waist. I know everything. Here's your suit. Betty is like, I don't even know how to touch myself, and Archie's like, I can't write a poem. Like the the. like
0: yeah everybody's got a superpower (laughs) in this season too i have no idea what's going on um yeah so she gets him a suit ready for the premiere then in between all that it cuts to archie at home getting ready for the premiere as well he's going to be working it it shows like his um movie man i don't know how do you call it uh, usher jesus i was like movie man movie man suit um his usher suit on his bed. And as he's getting ready, he decides to write a poem about his dad. He looks over at a picture and he starts writing ode to my father or uh, an ode to my dad. Um, and so then it cuts to the premiere, this movie premiere that they set they set up to for Josie. I was so excited to see her like get all the accolades, like everybody's snapping photos of her. She gets to put her hands in concrete in front of the theater. I thought that was a really cute moment. Um, a bunch of important critics show up to the show as everyone's sitting down. And as they're about to play this movie, uh, it burns and it stops. And um, like it, it's just like a moment because I did not think that that was going to happen. I thought they were just going to play it through. I didn't look at the time and see that there was more time for drama. Um, so they um, started playing it. It burns. And then everyone freaks out. It's actually one of my favorite moments of
1: sorry, what were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say everyone freaks out. Veronica freaks Veronica out, loses, loses her mind.
0: Loses it. Um Clay, because Kate, Clay and Kevin have to like now cut it, spice it, and put it back together and then re-reel it and veronica loses it on her on them i was dying of laughter it was so funny to me watching her be like you guys are fired and also we're not even friends anymore and also you guys are not getting any more more disc- like she just like laid it down on him then i was dying it was like the funniest moment of the entire episode
1: in my opinion um, so funny and i have to admit i had like a moment you know how sometimes i'm either dead on or i'm way off yeah so I thought she was talking to them like one at a time for a hot second because she's <laughs> like, "You're fired, and we're not friends anymore." I was like, "Like one at a time." And, yeah. <laughs> and then I got it, but like for a split second, I was like, "Well, how come he got fired and he just loses friendship?" Clay. Yeah, like, yeah exactly.
0: Yeah, No, that's funny. Um, but yeah, she loses it on them. Josie tells them like, "Calm down, everybody, chill. This has happened to me before." Like. I'll sing a song, like how much time do you guys need? They say, we need just about six minutes. She's like, cool, I'll sing a song out front. Let's do this. So then she sings a song called Going Uptown, which is the title track, um, which is a real song, but I think it's called something different in the real world. Um, I forgot what it's actually called. Um, But really good performance as well. Like she gets to have two performances this episode, which I was really, really happy to see. Um, Ashley Murray is just a freaking talent, like, she did such a great job in this role. Um, after the film, it finally all plays really, really well, and, uh, they talk about a quick review from one of the reviewers that were in the audience, and the review was, like, super, like, stellar, like, they loved it, they call her a star is born. Um, just like such a big, like big moment for her. And once again, like another really great moment between Josie and Veronica, where they have like a great connection. They're talking about how wonderful it is. Um, Veronica's so proud of her. She's like, you are, you've always been a star. You're so fantastic. You're such a talent. Um, and Josie has a really cute moment with her at the very end, where she's like, "Veronica, what are you doing in this small, dinky ass town? Like, you should be making movies. Like, like you seem like you're you should be doing something special, like something different." And I thought that was really cute. I don't know if that's going anywhere. It probably won't. Again, we only have four more episodes, and I don't think Veronica in the next four episodes is going to be like, "I'm going to be an actress." Like, I don't know what any of that means. Like, or does she mean does she want to be a producer? Producer. Okay, that makes more sense. I took it as producer. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes more sense because being an actress, I'm like, oh, what is happening here? Um, but yeah, f- final
1: moments of Josie on the show, I was really happy to see it. Josie, girl, you can go home, you can you can dust everything off, you can crawl into bed and you can sleep well knowing, like, you came, you did that, we're good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, she did a great job. Um, And then the final scene
0: is Archie getting home and Frank is in his room drinking again and he's reading um, the poem that he wrote and basically he's just pissed off. He's like, don't you ever write about your dad like that Um, after what he did to like for your family. It's so embarrassing. Like, why would you do that? He just like loses it on freaking Archie. And then the episode is over and then that's the final thing that we get from frank and archie and it's like a very devastating moment to finish this episode on what did you think of the f- at final scene
1: i should just talk and you should just bleep out everything that i'm about to say no i was irritated you know what it is like i just where's right? where's where's my girl like, yeah where's mary where's archie's mom Get Mary in there like I just I can't with the uncle but I get it was a different time back then and so like a male figure would have been seen as like crucial to a young boy being brought up you know Mary wouldn't have been but you're talking about a woman that went and cussed all her friends and was like be better moms to your kids yeah she would have cussed cussed Archie's uncle and sent his ass packing the only thing I don't understand and I want to I want to really say this God bless Luke Perry God rest your soul But he exited and you took the nicest, most ethical character, in my opinion, and you replaced it with his evil brother for majority of these seasons. Like, I just, Frank, ain't nobody got time for you. Your name is good for one thing. Hot sauce. I'm not out here (laughs) trying to listen to you talk to your nephew. Like, nobody cares. Like, nobody Yeah, 100%. Also, like, we're already getting it from Alice and Cheryl's death. Can there be one beacon of hope in I this know. goddamn town?
0: Well, I agree with you 100%, and I feel like they put it to the the end of the episode, or this final scene, because likely, just like we did for Alice, which I still don't feel like she got her, like, full retribution moment at all. I mean, she slapped her daughter last episode, but... I think they're going to try to do this a little bit of backtracking with Frank um, in the next couple of episodes and really just show his pain because that's the only way out of this is showing that, like, I know, I know, pull out the violence, but like, I I feel like that's all we're going to be getting. It's going to be him saying how much he misses his brother and that's really why he's. Uh, you know, feeling you know, putting so much pressure on Archie, and the, he wants to fill his shoes, but he could never fill his shoes because he was a younger brother. And
1: I can write his the whole would. damn. I can write the whole damn thing for you, but it's... yes, but the way he's like, oh, blah blah blah. If if the idea is that that character was always just perfect. Like right. was always just a loving. You would know that you're not like your brother, and you would know like it's not like he got angry and was like you're just like your father and stormed out like sensitive yeah, like your yeah. father. Like, what is the like which storyline are we? Anyway, useless, useless,
0: wasting my time. I, <sighs> have. I know I'm over I'm over this whole storyline as well. Like I'm so over Frank. I'm so over him having this attitude. I thought we were past it, and now he's like just jumping in at the very last minute to cause a problem and i'm just like you're right where is mary tell him to get the fuck out of the house and be like he can grieve his dad however he wants to if it's writing a journal at least he's not like doing drugs or bullying people like fuck, like relax like i don't know anyways that is the end of the episode we are like i said this is the fourth what 17 18 19 20. we have three more episodes before the end how do you think that Riverdale's going to end since I am I have you
1: on this pod. What do you think is going to happen? I think that a whole bunch of things are going to happen. And then all of a sudden, is going to show up. And then everyone's going to go, oh my gosh, I'm not in the 19-whatevers. I don't know. Here's the thing. I'm going to pretend like I got these gripes, but I'm going to watch it. I'm invested. I didn't come this far to then stop watching watching it so yeah, absolutely do you guys like cool like we're here this is our like you know this is a guilty pleasure for me I love it like whatever and I love to I love what I love and I love what I don't and I like to complain about it when I complain about it but I think that this is all going to be wrapped up in the next couple episodes and it's going to just somehow Tabitha will have finally it's going to show her untangling one last thing and then bam you know Again, what I mean like all I, don't gonna make sense. I, honestly, I don't know I honestly yeah I'll be there eating up every moment. Yeah,
0: no, that's, I I love that. Yeah, it's true. At the end of the day, we're already at the very end. Doesn't really matter what we want or hope for. We're gonna get where we're gonna get. So just strap in and watch this hot dumpster fire of a show, just take it to the end. Um, All right, are you ready to get into our recap of roundups? I am.
1: Recap roundups. Best Best moment. moment. What is your best moment? You know what? I See, this is hard. These were hard for me this episode more than ever because I feel like I'm not going to give you a straight answer for any of them, but with good reason. So my best moments were the best moments of every pair. I loved Cheryl and Betty having their moments together. I loved uh, Veronica and Josie, things that were nice. Jughead and Veronica having a cute little moment. Like, I just... It's going to be over and it's going to be gone, and I'm not going to see these characters. So, give me all these cute little moments to be like, oh, like I yeah. loved it. So, for me, I'd say, you know, best moment, I'll, I'm going to give it to Josie and Veronica. Um, and just them really seeing each other was, yeah. you know, knowing that, that we're so close to the end of the season. I just want to see everybody hype each other up because I think. When you're not a teenager who believes that any of this is so intense and you're just watching it for pure entertainment, what I saw were the actresses looking at each other being like, Girl, this is the end of the road. Let's get some tears in our eyes. Let's have a moment together. We just did this yeah. like, for all these years. Like, I just want to see that because I've, I've only got three episodes left. So don't give me, like, the storyline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the point is, it was the best moment for me just to see them because I know the actors are looking at each other and feeling those things. I love that. What I love you? that.
0: My best moment North. is... Um, when Veronica yells at Clay and Kevin, I thought that was like the funniest thing I've seen in such a long time. Um, it made me laugh out loud. I thought it was really funny. I thought that Veronica delivered it really, really well. Like being like, I hate you. You guys are the worst. You ruined this whole thing. The magic is gone. I, I loved it. it was, I, thought, I thought it was great. WTF
1: moment. moment. What was your WTF moment? Like our, she's uncle, Frank. First of all, that wasn't even a cliffhanger. That, happen happened in the first five minutes it's of the true. movie i mean it's of true. the show like nobody cares i don't care wtf frank's popping off again like who cares like yeah. i can't even describe it to you any other way because it's just wtf
0: yeah i agree <laughs> that actually was my wtf moment i said frank losing it on archie about his dad i'm just like why why did you all go that far like it doesn't make any sense why you had to go so in on that. And also, yeah, like as a cliffhanger, no, made no sense whatsoever. But also I throw the WTF moment of like Twyla and Archie coming back to give her flowers. Like, what did he, like, why are we doing this again? Like, I didn't get that whatsoever, but okay. I'll give an honorable mention to
1: Fang's telling Midge, Yes, 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 yes. That I'm going to get you out of there. What have we learned in all these seasons about the Sisters of Quiet Mercy? No one knows what kind of legal recourse they have. No one knows yeah. anything can get you sent in and 90% of people bust their way out. So I don't know who Fangs thinks he's getting out with some money, but it ain't happening.
0: And he's literally like we're going to bust you out as if they're going to go through the tunnels again anyway. So I'm I'll I'll see what how that goes on. MVP.
1: Who's your MVP? This was tough. I'm I'm gonna throw it to Veronica and Josie, but really Josie. But I also think if this was an award show, I would give Josie best actress. I'd give Veronica best supporting actress, but I would cry just as equally at both of their expenses. For both of them. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give it to Josie and Veronica because I just yeah. What was yours?
0: I actually, they were both mine as well. I couldn't choose between either of them. That was like what I put in my notes. So funny that we both have the exact same ones. Cause normally I don't choose two. I'm like, I'm gonna choose just one, but I really couldn't choose between Josie and, and Veronica. I would say like probably Josie at the very top of it all only because she's coming in for this final episode. But I thought that both actresses did a fantastic job playing off of each other. They had phenomenal scenes together. I was just happy with the whole thing.
1: Black excellence.
0: Yeah, absolutely. LVP.
1: Um, who's your LVP? I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna go in. Archie and Frank are both competing and trying to beat Alice for LVP. Now I know Alice was not in this episode. Why am I bringing her into it? Cause lately, you know, I've been about that. She's been my LVP, but Archie and Frank, like they're competing, like Archie's poetry even more so, but LVP Ooh. I'll have to give to the two of them.
0: Yeah, I would say Frank is my LVP, so you're
1: on the money for that one for sure. The, the best,
0: best line.
1: line. What was your best line? So I gotta. I feel like I'm just the Josie train, but I gotta give it to her um, compromise line that and whole that whole speech yeah so good more so what it represented but it just it immediately made me want to go back and watch that and like i just think it was i lo- i love it like i think it was a great line so good. um just because of what what it represented and the history behind it yeah was yours? mine was um
0: in the same scene but it was from tony when she says I was tired of this bogus town telling me who I was, tired of treading water in the Caucasian sea of opinions. I thought it was like, I've never heard it like said that way, but I just thought it was really, really, really well done. Like I I thought the writing for that moment was on point. The Caucasian Sea of Opinions, Caucasian like tired, of opinions. tired of treading water in the Caucasian Sea of Opinions. Like that is mint. I need that on a shirt. <laughs> I
1: fucking love it. So good. Do you know, do you know what that translates to? What? I'm tired of having to deal with children that were raised by people like Alice and Frank.
0: <laughs> Basically. Yeah, exactly. Literally. <laughs> like fuck, fuck all those people. Um, All right, so before we go into our Listener Roundups, we had a comment from at Jiffy Pop Culture saying, Ashley Murray was fantastic on Riverdale tonight. She was giving Eartha Kit by way of Dorothy Dandridge and gave a mesmerizing performance. So happy she came back for this and that Josie McCoy got her Hollywood ending clapping emoji. And then we have our Listener Roundups. We have at Shoney5on and saying best moment, the Josie stuff and Cheryl and Betty friendship, WTF, the Archie and Twyla slash Grundy stuff, question mark, question mark, MVP is Josie, LVP is the writers and Jeronica dating. Um, Their comment on this was this episode really wasn't my favorite. Like I'm really disappointed in what they're doing with these remaining episodes. You just got to take what we got to take. That's that's, all we're getting, y'all. Um, at Sierra um, says MVP Josie Effie McCoy this Josie episode was so good again like I've said all season why now but this is an excellent send off for Ashley Murray also Veronica she easily is the best version of herself this and last season now that Hiram isn't around I do agree with that Veronica is really like her character is super duper likable this season I'm so happy about that Um, I love recap listeners. They know what
1: they're talking about.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, LVP, anyone that doesn't have any stakes in this plot, if there even is one, I want gone. Like Fangs, Midge, Frank, I need them out. I'm sorry. Why did we decide in the 11th hour that Fangs and Midge need time and dedication when you've had storylines like Barchi that's been developing and growing since before the pilot and aren't getting enough attention? These final three episodes better be good because they usually do pick up again quality-wise around this time. But this season's been a disappointment, so I won't get my hopes up. Oh, and Grundy too. Like, girly, you're a predator. Get out. Damn. Um... (laughs) best moment the screening scene where the film gets ruined Veronica yelling at Clevin was so funny and I love when they do scenes with handheld cameras because it just adds to the intensity overall a really funny scene and helps me enjoy another filler episode WTF the Frank scene at the end like why like I wasn't I wasn't even angry or annoyed I'm just tired at this point it's the same conversation over and over again and we don't get anywhere like it's really hoping we'd find out what's going on with these old white men but we know nothing other than that they suck but why Um, best line I stopped caring enough about the dialogue because nothing means anything. (laughs) oh my god Um, all time of death I know right (laughs) At, at Adiz- um best moment the Josie scenes with Jeronica and Jeronica, I know you didn't like them, you don't like them, but it was a win for everyone that shipped them since the early seasons, okay, like let's take it, um, WCF the Archie and Twilight slash Grundy stuff, I can't see any good explanation for this plot, um, MVPs Josie, LVP Uncle Frank for being him, and then, final one is from at Sweet Tooth Weirdo. Best moment, the Betty and Cheryl moments. They were adorable. Too bad they can't remember their cousins. That's true. I always, I'm always, whenever they're together, I'm just like, but you guys are cousins. Um, WTF moment, Archie reciting his poem in the dark room <laughs> and Betty's time in the bathtub. Both made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it was hard to watch. Why are we even here at all? This is the last stretch of episodes and we get this for our characters. Archie repeating his trauma and Betty, a teenager, exploring her t- sexuality constantly for us to sit and watch for the entire season. Also, why are we getting these supposedly underage girls in lingerie and young boys meeting up with sex workers? That's very true. It's something that we've mentioned in like previous episodes of Recap. Like, Why are we putting them in such precarious situations when they're supposed to be juniors they're not even seniors in high school they're supposed to be juniors in high school just because we know as actors they're like older than that like doesn't make it feel right and like i don't know there's a problem in america right now so like i don't know if this is the message that we should be sending by any means i don't know anyways i'm not going to speak on that we already spoke about that quite a bit mvp josie even though it was hard to feel for her struggles and determination when we only get one episode to digest it i agree with that partially only because i feel like with what they gave her which was literally one episode i think that they did a great job like pushing that out there josie ashley murray did an amazing job like really portraying that hard you know her life and how hard it's been being an actress and getting her name out there anyway LVP the writers yikes enough said and the best line the credits again we get we get a credit one That, that, that one always stings but that is all of our roundups thank you so much for listening um we are ending this episode with uh thanking of our patrons for this episode our rewinder squad we have white cliff hannah julia and Haley. Our Lit Rewinders, Tina Ann and Kate, and our Mommy Rewinders, Becca, Sarah. If you would like to join our Patreon family, check us out at patreon.com slash recap underscore rewind. And also make sure you're checking us out on all of our socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and you can find us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and iTunes. Like, subscribe, follow, review, and comment to stay engaged with us at Recap Rewind. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you to my hubby for joining me this episode. I really appreciate you standing in today. Um, And uh, thanks for everyone for listening. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.